welcome to this week's episode of Entrepreneurial Impact with Dave and Joe. And we've got a special guest today, which is Amina Basic. She is our operating principal out of the McLean office, but you're also a serial entrepreneurial like person at, just in general, Amina. So like, give me your background. Like, What are all the businesses you own? So I own um, McLean Keller Williams. I own a, f- a company in Philippines called Cyberbacker, and I and I own Circle Property Management, which is a property management company. So you really like to have your hands in all things real estate, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> There's balance there, I can tell. So what I'm excited, I've had the pleasure of knowing Amina for a fairly long time as far as a professional relationship goes, and I had the opportunity to interview her around her story, and that's what brought her on the show today, was just like, she's got a really great story. I don't think you tell it enough, just because of, I don't think most people understand like what rough is, <laughs> and I, I appreciate and commend you for all the things you've accomplished, given where you where you came from, and I don't want to jump in on that story, because it's your story to tell, and you'll tell it way better than I do, uh, but I think the one thing that was really cool was just the mindset around it, is that when people say, oh, things are rough, things are tough, you never really understand what rough and tough is until you compare it to somebody else's journey. And the fact that you've had the mindset, which is what you attributed your success to, is a really cool thing. And I was excited that uh, Dave reached out and got it scheduled so we could talk about like your journey and how you kind of like ripped through that, right? You know, it's a, it's a cool thing is that Amina is part of my journey, right? So back when I was getting my start here in Northern Virginia, and I was just getting started out as, as a coach and a trainer and instructor. Amina asked me to kind of do it as my first official capacity in a KW role as a market center trainer. Many, many moons ago. <laughs> I, won't, I won't say how long ago that was. It was yesterday. It was just yesterday. Well, I commend you taking the gamble on him because I don't think I would have. <laughs> Look, look what, I mean, yes. Finding talent is one of the one of the key things, right? Absolutely. So let's jump into this one. So Amina, what would you want to start off with just like how did you get to where you are today? Like what was the most defining like the first most defining aspect of your life that kind of like put you on the trajectory to where you are today? <sighs> to be honest with you, I cannot even pinpoint. I was so busy um, being in a new country speaking the language, trying to survive, raising the family that I cannot tell you. But I would I would say getting a real estate licenses, <laughs> what got me into real estate. And then finding Keller Williams is what got me into entrepreneurial life. So I'm going to push you back a little bit farther. Can you tell us about how you came to the U.S.? Because I think that, that story itself is probably what anchors your mindset to what it is today. So um, I was, I was uh, a a news journalist in my country. I was a TV reporter, um, so I one of one of the spoiled girls that you know had a restaurant tables and concert tickets and interviewed celebrities and was on TV every single day. And then I turned 21. I was in college, um, always overachiever. I went to two colleges at the same time. Like that wasn't one wasn't enough. <laughs> one was law school. <laughs> Oh my yes, like one wasn't enough. And then one morning we wake up and the war started. To, to, at the beginning, we didn't even know what's happening. We were like, oh, this will go blow off. You know, it's going to be done. Well, it lasted uh, more than three years. And we lived without electricity, water, food, um, normal, normal basic needs for over three years. And we were surrounded in my in my city there are mountains around so the enemy was on the mountains and we were pretty much um, blocked off the the whole world and they were just shooting us so after a couple of 
days, couple of weeks, couple of months, you realize you got to get going. You can just sit at home. There is no food, no water, no electricity. And they they came in and said, well, men go to war, women do other stuff. So I continue with my um, reporting from TV. There were days and weeks that I would just not even come home. I would just stay at the TV station reporting. And then... Um, they would send us to sites, and back then we didn't have the phones, we just had pagers, and the pager would go off, and then they will tell you the site. And you get there, and they're like, people <sighs> cut in pieces on the ground, children, women. Um, so I remember I was reporting about it, and I didn't have nothing on, no helmet, no vest, nothing. And Christiane Amanpour from CNN, she had like the whole gear, and she looked at me and she, she said, where are you going like that? And I'm like, we don't have what you have, right? So, but every single day I got up and I'm like, well, it's either a fight, fight or, you know, so, and if I lose my life fighting, at least I did something useful, something that people will know. And I truly believe in my young mind that reporting about it will get somebody to do something. And it wasn't until um, Clinton actually um, decided to stop it and decided to do something about it. And we were saved, saved by American soldiers. So really cute story. At the end of the war, I got out and I found my first job and I was receptionist. And I had a, a company changed over and we were meeting the, the new president of the company. And he came in and he took me out to a Chinese restaurant and they brought rice. And I'm like, he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I can't eat rice. I ate that for three and a half years. And he's like, from where? And I said, where did you eat that? And I said, well, I'm from Bosnia. And I see a tear coming down and he goes, tell me about it. So I told him how we waited on the packages from the sky that where the soldiers were putting packages, they would bomb the place, we would get packages. And I always ate, I loved peanut butter. And I would give my chicken for peanut butter. I, and Bosnian people have never tasted peanut butter in their life. They're like, what is this? And I'm like, give me, I love, I, I don't know what that is, but I love it. <laughs> So I told him that story, and he's like, wow. And he pulls a wallet out of his pocket, and he goes, I was one of the ones that dropped the food. I just got out of it. This is me. This is my F. I don't know what, what number that was. And I was a pilot. So angels do exist. I, got you. I, I have chills. You are shortchanging the story of how you actually got over the border. That was yes. probably my favorite story of the transition out of Bosnia. So can you share that one? Because I think that one's like crazy when it comes down like purpose and luck. So I was, I was, well, you know, <laughs> when Keller Williams tested me, I came back as a really real risk taker. Mm -hmm. And I didn't consider myself risk taking, risk taker. I'm like, I don't gamble. Like, I don't drink. <laughs> like, like, I don't do any of this stuff. And, they, and then... Um, I remember Lee Beaver said, well, didn't you take a huge risk coming out of your country? And I'm like, wow, I didn't consider back at the time that a huge risk. But um, at the end of the <coughs> war, I got called to, uh, to, to 
report about the site and I got there and there were six children laying on the ground and the sniper took them all, all of them. And they were ages between eight and 15 maybe. And then I got back home and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna go crazy. Um, so I decided to get out <clears throat> and I was on a bus. Meanwhile, every single day until then, I kept reporting, calling them names, cussing them out. Like I wasn't, yeah, I mean, you guys know me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised by I'm that. I'm not comment. holding back, <laughs> yeah, not, right? Not surprised by that. So I got on a bus with the foreign journalists <clears throat> and we were going over. I don't even know whose territory that was. It could have been ours, it could have been theirs. So um, the bus stops and few men come inside of the bus and they have no markings. And I'm looking at it and I see the guy who went to high school with me and he was on the other side. I knew enough to know that he was on the other side. And he looked at me and he goes, Amina. And in that second, I, I thought I died. And I'm like, if they take me out, God, give me just to kill me here and take me and do stuff to me. So he's like, where are you going? So I told him, I'm like, I can't take this anymore. So he took my passport and he did this for a couple of minutes. The longest couple of minutes in my life. And then he, and the passport wasn't, wasn't what it was supposed to be. So he gave it to me and he's like, good luck. And he let me go. That's the story. You ever heard that one? No. So the whole bus was quiet. You could hear people breathing. And they were foreign journalists. They, they didn't understand what was said, but they knew enough that it was really dangerous. Like in that moment, he, he, he could have done, I mean, he could have killed me. So he let me go. I think that story when you first told to me was one of the most like moving ones for me because it just kind of grounds you in the fact of like when people say life is hard. You hear that story and it, it definitely gives you a different perspective on what you hard is. You don't know what hard is. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, a lot of since then I've, I've met a lot of people and I've done a lot of work on me. And I went through uh, a lot of uh, uh, classes and a lot of trainings. And, you know, people have some hard stories. But when my kids come, it's, it's my agents or my kids. That's who has it the worst. Because when they come in and they're like complaining, I'm like, What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah. So I wanted to go back to something you stated, which was, um, you know, obviously war in Bosnia started. There was, you know, they were up in the mountains. You guys were down in like the valley of it. And at some point you said like, okay, we don't have food, we don't have water. But at some point life goes on. You made a statement of like, you still have to move forward. So you're like, okay, I get up to work and go cover things for the news to like say, hey, this is going on and I got to tell the story so people know what the heck's going on in Bosnia. My question to you is that when you look back on that that event in your life and tying the fact that mindset is something you believe is what's gotten you successful, what part of mindset development did you attribute to that experience? The whole, everything, because um, life will throw you a few punches, life, life will put you down. 
you're gonna be down. And and it's not until Gary said it. Uh, I I didn't really realize this until Gary. I, I I got in front of Gary in the masterminds. It's the number of times when you get up. Is that's what counts. It doesn't count the time that you're down or the amount of times that you're down. So. Um, and I'm 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 a fairly positive person. Always mm-hmm. have been. It's really really positive when the bombs are falling around you, and every three seconds you jump, like you don't know where they're gonna hit. So my house got completely bombed down. I I I, I didn't have a house anymore. We moved. Um, so it's really hard to get positive. But um, different people have different different something that keeps them either god spirit whatever you call it um but for me it was uh getting i really believed that i can do something and i to to this day i believe that i can change people's life you can change someone's trajectory just by being kind by giving them a tip that they may use in the business by asking them how they're doing stop everything around you so um my agents often say that they feel like they're the only people in the world when I talk to them mm-hmm. because I'm present, I really listen. So it was the mindset of you got to keep going. There is no alternative. You either keep going or you're no longer there. You know, it's <clears throat> I can't thank you enough for being as open and honest as you're being right now. And having known you for as long as I've known you now, you really are spot on. Like you really do have a positive mindset. Now I I've known some things, but I don't know everything that I even learned today. When you talk to mindset, it's one thing to say I understand who I am and what I've gone through. It's something completely else to sit across the table from somebody, share your story, right, and help them realize that they've had it tough, and you've had it tough, and other people have had different, dynamically challenging lives. But making them feel that way. Right and how they respond to you. How do you put yourself in the mindset to recognize that you've been through a lot and they're having a tough time about whatever they're going through, but relating to them, even though your situation has been so different. So, de- depends what it is, right? When people come and they're sick, their child is sick, their parents, their their significant other. Um, I would I'm, I leave everything. I I sit there and I listen because. Um, that's a hardship, not when the Starbucks is not hot enough. That's not a hardship. So you have to distinguish what's yeah. real, what's a real situation and what's not. But um, I don't know. I've, I've always had that. I, I genuinely want, I'm genuinely interested in people. I'm interested in their story. And I want to know how can I help? What can I do to make it better? And sometimes there's nothing you can do but listen. Sometimes there is not a lot you can do. There is not a lot anybody can do. But but showing that compassion, because people have shown compassion for me all the time. I mean, look what the guy did on the bus, right? Like you give without thinking of getting in return. You pay forward and then it comes back. And I truly believe in this. It comes back tenfold. You know what they say about karma, right? Karma. I agree with <laughs> yeah. it. Like, pay it forward, put it on the ethos. Right. So <clears throat> that was, like, the coolest story I ever, like, heard from an interview process. And I was like, okay, so that's where the the low – like, when you look at people, right, you talk about don't count them for where they get knocked down, but, like, how do they keep moving forward, right? And I think you test somebody. You, you value somebody based on how tough they've had and what they've come back from from adversity, right? 
So great. That's where that came. You come to the U.S., get into real estate. You're really where you're at today is because you got a real estate license, right? Um, what's cool to me is that for anybody listening, you're, you're talking to somebody that has three different businesses that are all around real estate, one being leverage, being with a virtual assistant with Cyberbacker. Then you've got a real estate brokerage that not only covers brokerage, but also title, mortgage, insurance, uh, training, education. And then you roll into the other aspect of asset inside of real estate is property management, which is one of the best ways to create generational wealth because it's an asset appreciating thing that somebody else pays the mortgage on. So you get debt, you know, debt pay down, equity build up and asset appreciation, right? So what's cool to talk to you today is that like you got property management, you got brokerage and you've got leverage services. What do you attribute when you look at mindset and say mindset's the thing that like drove my success? When you look at those three businesses, how did your mindset create the opportunity for those three today? So, um, Interestingly enough, I'm buying my fourth property today. Congratulations. Right after this. Thank you. Um, and my mindset was always you can do more. You can always do more. You can work on you. You can work on your assets. You can work on your happiness. You can work on your brain power. You can always get and achieve more. Uh, but it's not until I got here to America. Well, I, I came here with two suitcases, and in one of the suitcases was alpaca, alpaca blanket. Don't ask me why I picked that up and brought it from Germany. I have no clue, but that was one of the suitcases. <laughs> I guess I was cold. I don't know. I, I have no clue. But I got here with two suitcases, and then I started. It's the only country in the world that gives you opportunities. Um, in every country that I know in Europe, um, education is everything. Education, if you, don't, if you don't go to college, pretty much you don't even flip burgers at, you know, whatever. So it's education, but when you come here, you look at people and people from all over the world, including Americans, can achieve a lot more without the school. And I'm like, what is that? What What is that that makes them so successful? So it, it was, I, for the first 10 years, I didn't have the time to think about anything. How am I gonna have companies? I was just barely surviving. But as I learned, I'm like, wow, there is from, I, we can go from I to we to them. You can go from you doing everything that you need to do to we are doing everything to them doing everything. And when I heard that, something clicked. And everything that I've done, I've done in the last 10 years, actually. The first 10 years were just I was being a mother. I worked full-time job, regular salary, raising kids, working really, really hard. Um, and, and I was still in real estate those 10 mm -hmm. years. I still was, I was with, uh, with another company and I just learned to sell houses. That was all I learned. But I learned nothing else until I got to Keller. So what I hear you say is that, like there's this really cool concept for those that are like tuning in is that like, you have a survival mode. So when you're thinking about like where you're at in your phase of life, you have to figure out stabilization, survival. How do I get things taken care of for my family, me personally? And it's not until you stabilize survival that you can move into thrive. Is what I basically just heard your journey say is that like I came over, I had to stabilize, I had to survive, I just make food on the table, pay rent. And then once you get – in that period of time, I take whatever for anybody that's going on. But once you get to that survival and you finally anchor the bed to it, you can then get into thriving, which is the three, bedroom, the three businesses you operate. So let me ask you this one question that does not do with mindset. But if you've got three businesses and if there's anybody that's listening that wants to go from survival to thriving – 
What's the one skill necessary to operate those three businesses at once that you would recommend people go dive into and get? I don't know if you can put it in one skill because it, it takes a, a, a lot of skill, but one skill would be to keep learning, never stop learning. I encounter agents um, and in general people, they're like so content and you cannot, you cannot afford to be content if you want things in life, right? And so one thing to go from survival is keep learning and keep surround yourself with people better than you. It's it's not a joke when they say if you're the uh, smartest per- person in your circle of five, get out of that circle. So you have to surround yourself with people that your success is in their heart. Well, you know, it's funny. You answering the question. Every time I have a question in my head, you're kind of beat me to the punch, right? So this is actually working out really, really well here. But when you're talking about surrounding yourself people, what is it that you look for when you say, you know, I need to learn more from it? What's the trigger inside of you that when you hear something from somebody or you're around people recognizing, I need that person in my world? Like, what is that connection for you? So anybody that can do something better than me, I listen. Um it doesn't matter if I go to a doctor's office, if I go to a lawyer's office, if you cannot show me that you know more than me, and if you're not confident in it, if you don't know how to eloquently describe it, if you don't make me feel comfortable working with you, uh, you can be the best lawyer in the world, I won't work with you. So um, the skill that, and then I look, this could be, this, this People can take this any way they want. But I look, I'm like, why can he do that and I can't? So I tell everybody that's in front of me, we are not any smarter. We are not, we might be younger, but we are not wiser. You can do it. If they can do it with with certain things, you can do it too. Just apply yourself. And I tell my own kids, I tell everybody who will listen, you have to keep applying yourself. The problem today is that people are just, too content. I mean, look at our lives. We live a really nice life in, in, in America. We have everything. And sometimes adversity is not a bad thing, right? Because you've got agents that when they have to, they do. Mm-hmm. they got to put food on the table. They have to do it. They do it. There's a motivational aspect to mindset where complacency can be dangerous. Um, and I agree with you. Having to have to go through some challenges in life helps define who you are until you're pushed you don't know how you're going to react. And I wonder if we do our kids a favor, right? We all love our kids dearly, and we try to give them everything. And sometimes that's not the best thing for a kid. Makes them soft, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I think about that all the time with mine. Like, I think about my kids and being like, oh, I feel so good as a parent because I'm providing all these things that I didn't have. Yeah. But it's what I didn't have and what I had to go through that got me to where I'm at yes. today, right? Yes. It's like a huge mindset because as I listen to your talk about, like, you know, constant learning and be in different rooms when I'm actually here. This is like something I've been going through thinking wise too, is what I hear is one stay constantly curious, right? Because the moment you stop being curious, the moment you die. And then number two, adopt a mindset of discomfort, right? That you say like, Hey, adversity, whatever word you want to use is that actually growth comes from discomfort that you're doing stuff that you're not hundred percent clear that it's going to work out or you're feeling good about it, whatnot. And I think that's, that's a huge thing within driving from being an employee like you were to then being a three business owner, you have to take some level of discomfort and some level of like outside the box 
and to learn and be able to do that because your skill set as an employee to an owner is completely different. Which oh, I yeah. think is really cool. So somehow I managed to be in the old four quadrants. Uh, right? <laughs> so I don't know how I managed that, but I'm like in all four quadrants. Yeah. So what Amina's referencing is she, you've got the employee box, you've got the self-employee, you've got um, business owner, and then you have investors. So which one of those four boxes do you enjoy most being in? Oh, well, the, the, <laughs> because of my age, <laughs> the one that I don't have to now work that hard on. But uh, I worked really, really hard to get in all four, and somehow, got, somehow I got all four. But the, the uh, passive income is my favorite of course right because if you can think of that early enough you can retire at whatever age you want you just have to plan for it well let's kind of define that a little bit for for people that are listening passive income is foreign to a lot of people being an entrepreneur is foreign to a lot of people right they get into real estate and they still think real estate is a job and the opportunity aspect that we've talked about earlier but passive income for some people how do you explain that to somebody first of all (laughs) I think all if everybody, if anybody listening to this right now has ADHD, there is hope. You can be entrepreneur. Yes, I work every single day with people that have a lot of ADHD, and I have never found um, other industry where that actually works in your favor. Um, that's one thing. And the second thing, passive income is when you set up. Whatever you have, your life, your finances, whatever asset you have to work for you over a period of time so that it can replace your income. So it gives you choice, right? When you have, when you have, it gives you freedom, right? Because when you have that passive income, you can find a career or a business or something you want to do without the have to do. Right. And the other thing that kind of that I think of when I hear your story, there are so many people that have challenges throughout their lives. Like we touched on that earlier too, for a myriad of reasons where a lot of times people say, well, I did what I had to do because I didn't have choice. But the thing that inspires me the most by hearing your story is that you made a choice. You, you made a choice to get out. You made a choice to be on the front lines. You made a choice to come to America and you made a choice to not live in the past. And you made a choice to recognize that you have a future. And I think this is absolutely amazing. And instead of focusing on a problem, you need to focus on a solution. Um, so many people come in and they start talking about problem and they get lost in the problem. And I have to bring them back. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it's hard. I get all of that. But what can you do to move things forward? And then you take them from a negative well, you got you got to get them there first to the point where they yes. can and they're willing yes. to move forward, yes. right? And it, that's a hard spot, right? To you're listening, you're sympathetic, and it doesn't always happen all at once, right? It, it, there is a, a counseling and coaching session that has to happen to connect with them to allow them to be in a spot where they can work with you to get there. So let's bring this to a close. Give me we talked about mindset, journey, a lot of different things to be successful in business. What are you, when you talk about mindset, what are the top three attributes of mindset? Or when you think about mindset, these are the top three types of mindsets or type three types of like trainings or adoptions, whatever you want to talk about mindset, the top three most effective for your success. Um, um, so I did, a, I'm a John Maxwell certified trainer and coach. So anything that you can get hands on of John Maxwell to read will give you, will teach you the right mindset. And then um, I think character has a lot to do with it. Um, And of course, 
the the way that you were born and in the family that you're born, you you always have a choice. Um, so you you want to get out of whatever situation does not support you, does not support your happiness, your mental state. You gotta get out of it. Mm. You, there is no there is no doubt about it. Um, and then I think uh, hard work, hard work on you comes first because you always have to uh, improve, learn, get wiser, get smarter. Um, so probably those three things. Cool. So if I looked at those lists and you got three like dimes, right? I think that the great uh, aspect of that is just saying that, hey, there's mindsets. I think it's that what I heard you say is education, right? Maxwell coaching is a great way for mindset for coaching on leadership. Then you've got just your environment, right? That your environment is actually very conducive to like your results. And then the final one just being um, – your constant education is also really important that I heard you say, but also understanding that education with hard work actually gets you a bunch of results. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really cool for everybody listening. It's like, hey, it's pretty simple. Like there's not too much like a PhD that I need to have to understand, like go get education, go get a great environment and go do the work and you'll probably be successful. Yeah. It's so uh, it's, it's so hard, but so easy. Well, listen, thank you for joining us today. And for everybody listening at home, I, I hope you bookmark this and, and put it on repeat because the story and the motivation and around the mindset of your success should touch others. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Until another episode of Entrepreneurial Impact, Dave and Joe coming out at you. Have a great day. <laughs>